0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of We Lift Big. I hope you are having a beautiful week. I am having a beautiful week, and today uh, I want to break down the art of awareness, emotional intelligence, and active observation, but first, I have questions and answers. These are fitness, health, nutrition, happiness, joy-based questions, mainly health, fitness, nutrition-related, wellness, and here they are. Question number one. In traditional strength training, at least how I'm coining it, traditional strength training, why are breaks of one to three minutes between each set recommended? Well, folks, I brought the research today uh, because this is something that I have done in my own practice. It was taught to be by by my bodybuilding coach, my fitness coach. It is something that I've passed on to clients and things that I've heard about in podcasts and readings and I wanted to bring an actual research document to you all that proves why this is very important, especially when you are looking to build strength and build muscle a team of scientists from the cooney Leham College, I hope I'm saying that right, published a study in 2016 that found that participants who test who rested, sorry, pardon me, participants who rested three minutes between sets gained substantially more muscle, strength, and endurance than the group that rested for one minute between sets. And so they took a group of people, a group of men, split them into two groups. One of them rested for one minute between exercises And one of them rested for three minutes between uh, sets and exercises. And they did this for an eight week period. And again, what they found was that the group that rested for the three minutes gained more muscle, more strength and more endurance. And so what this means based on these results is that if you want to gain muscle and strength, the quickest and most efficient way to do it is to actually take more rest. Around three minutes uh, per set. It is one of the quickest ways to get there. Uh, Now why is this the case? And so why? Why is this the case? Well I hope you like science because I have brought all of the science terms today starting with body systems. So there are multiple systems that are working in the body when we exercise that deal with energy expenditure. The first one being the phosphate system. The phosphate system contributes ATP to power muscular activity. And this is the system that is generally the first to fire off. It fires off when we are pushing our limits. And so say you're doing a 100 meter dash or you're one rep max for a deadlift or a bench press. This is the system that is going to click in first and provide muscles, the energy that they need in order to tackle that that stimuli. And so thinking of it like a rechargeable battery, you use that battery, it is a high voltage, it loses juice, and therefore we need to make sure that the battery recharges before we use it again. And this charge, essentially you can relate the charge to the rest needed between sets. And so, complete ATP resynthesis occurs on average in three to five minutes, which is why the recommended rest period between sets is one to three, one to five minutes, because that's the amount of time that it takes for the battery to fully recharge. Which makes sense looking back at the study, why they found that the people who gave three minutes between each set of exercise, and so each set of squats or each set of Um, deadlifts. That was the reason that they found the most benefit by, again, that three-minute break because that's about the amount of time that it takes for the phosphate system to recharge itself and so it can activate with the same amount of force. Now just to give a full picture, I think it's important to include the other types of systems that fire in the body based on the type of exercise that you are doing what exercises trigger what systems and whatnot because based on your goals you want to make sure that you are targeting the right systems if you're looking to build the most muscle and strength it's important that you are focusing on exercises that keep you mainly utilizing the phosphate system having a balance of all systems is important but again if you're looking to build you want to be packing the biggest punch towards the phosphate system and that means that you are doing those more lower rep higher rest exercises and pushing your weight. So um, if we look into longer duration exercises, if you are, I'll call it inactivation for 30 seconds to 2 minutes, we begin to dig into the glycolysis system. And so examples of this, so looking at 20, 30 reps of a lighter exercise, that is where the energy system and glycolysis system will be Working So that's when that system is activated. And then say that you are doing consistent movement without any sort of specific rest beyond two minutes, which is where most aerobic exercise lies, such as running, cycling, where you're again in a constant state of movement. There's no, uh, there's not necessarily any sort of rest or recoup period. Then the body begins to dig into the oxidative system. And since fat is burned and released through oxygen, that is why cardio is often referred to as a fat burner. And so jumping back into the phosphate system. So if you are in a time crunch. And so again, the research states that you want to take about 3 minutes per set for exercises and say you have 4 to 6 exercises, 4 to 5 sets each and you're time crunched. It's like, okay, how do I incorporate this rest if I need to get all of this work done? And if you're doing full body routines, the best way that you can do that is to mix lower body and upper body exercises. And so, say you do a set of squats, follow that by a set of incline bench press, come back to do lunges, and then head into your pull-ups. And so, you are getting a lot of different exercises done at once, you're getting through your routine, but you're also allowing the lower body to rest and then the upper body to rest and the lower body to rest. And so again, if you're in a time crunch, that's a really good way to, um, to make sure that your muscles are getting the rest that they need in order to give their all in, um, in a specific exercise and to, uh, create the most muscle growth. So question number two, what helps me drink water the most? And this question was posed by my Phenomenal younger brother while I was visiting family and uh, the answer is simply I flavor my water. I really do I I enjoy Water by itself, but when it comes to drinking the gallon gallon and a half that I do every single day Which I'm proud of myself by the way for getting it to that point then um, I found that adding a little bit of flavoring to my water goes a huge distance and uh, I've gone through stages of using actual fruit-flavored ice cubes, <laughs> trying to find something that's sustainable for me. And uh, the most recent thing that I've been using is called Stir. And so there are these drops that you can get, these flavored water drops. I get them from Rayleigh's or Safeway, and I'm sure you can get them from most grocery stores, but they're flavored drops made from grapefruit juice and stevia. And stevia... I. T- I don't know that I've talked a lot about stevia, but it is a plant-based sweetener. Uh, It is very good for the body. And uh, just in my own diet, I am trying to stay away from things like sucralose and aspartame, which have been shown to not be good for the body at all, to be stored or to be cancerous. And these drops don't have either of those. They just got good old plant-based goodness. And so, those are my questions for today. It is time to get into the art of emotional intelligence. There's a brilliant book called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, and the concept of this book is that emotions are essentially important to us as humans and to society. They help us learn new things. They help us understand others. They push us to take action uh, amongst many other benefits. Sometimes our emotions can get the best of us and it can cause us to act irrationally. I mean, let's be honest, when was the last time a blow up at work or a blow up with a loved one Um, really helped solve a conflict. Even if it resulted in a positive outcome, uh, the initial force of the explosion probably got a little bit messy. And so what if we could avoid the mess best we could? Emotional intelligence enables us to manage our emotions, to leverage them to our advantage. Emotional intelligence is the capacity in which we are able to navigate the social world It makes us healthier, more successful. There are several ways to boost it, but first, it starts with balance. It starts with awareness. Now, if there's one thing that counseling has taught me, it's that there are reasons I respond to things the way that I do. And there's reasons we respond to things in the way that we do. There are agreements, beliefs, learned responses back dating back to our infancy that affect how we interact with the world, how I interact with the world, and how I respond to every moment in each situation. When we are not aware of those agreements, of those patterns, then we are on autopilot. And most of the time, this is okay. We are creatures of pattern. We are creatures of habit. That is very true. But when responding to complex or major situations, we don't necessarily want to be on autopilot. And when we are trying to change habits and practices, we don't necessarily want to be on autopilot there either because the autopilot things are the things that we may be trying to change. So if we truly want to be in control of our actions, if we want to initiate a desired response in a given situation that may not be in our usual pattern, we first must become aware of our patterns and aware of our agreements, aware of our headspace and where we hold ourselves. To give an example, I used to have massive anxiety about asking friends out. This is something in my life that I just recently have tackled in the past few years. Uh, asking a dear friend out for a cup of coffee gave me more anxiety than performing on a stage in front of hundreds of people or thousands of people or doing a group training in front of 10, 30, 100 people uh, gave me way less fear than asking a, again someone out for a cup of coffee. It gave me fear to the point where I struggled to make friends in general because I was too scared to ask anybody out. This is true. This is very true. And looking back, I now realize it stemmed from massive feelings of lack of self-worth. It stemmed from feeling the need to embody a character in every interaction I had with someone. I wanted to show up in every relationship as the person I thought someone wanted or needed. And on a stage, this was easier because the role was usually laid out for me. But when interacting with someone close to me, I didn't know what character to play, and I didn't want to show up as myself. I didn't even know how to. I didn't really know who Bria was. I had never taken the time to get to know her. And um, since I became armed with that knowledge that I didn't know how to show up as myself and that I struggled with lack of self-worth, I then knew what I had to do to get better. I had to recognize my self-worth. I had to teach myself that showing up as Bria and not some character that I thought Bria had to be in order to belong to showing up as me would bring people into my life who loved me for me. And now when that anxiety shows up and I want to whether it's going on a coffee date or just any sort of outing going out with groups of friends, I can look at that anxiety now and I can say, Hey, I know why you're here. I know why you've shown up. And I have decided that you don't own me anymore. You don't control my decisions. I have taken the time to fall in love with me and my value. And I will hang out with as many friends as I want. As myself. This is a very personal example. Um, I mean, honestly, emotional intelligence, it can be as simply stated as letting go of anger when someone cuts you off in traffic. Um, or it can be profound as the example that I just gave. But again, in order to be in control of our actions, we need to be aware of our feelings. And we need to understand why we feel the things that we feel. And it takes time, but it is one of the greatest things I have done in my life and one of the greatest things I think you can initiate in yours. And so, um, again, with all that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you guys got all the good stuff that you wanted to get out of this, both in personal and in health and wellness and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Next week we are going to be digging into macros and if you don't know what those are you should stay tuned because we're talking all about them next week and I love you guys and uh, have an amazing day. Peace!